for the Holy Ghost for just a moment. I really think we need to lift our voice. Come on, let's, let's do it right. God wants to move. I need your help. I need you to lift your voice. God, I pray the Holy Ghost would baptize this place with an old-time anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. Come on, I need some prayer warriors to lift your voice a little higher. I don't need the whispers. I need you to help me right now. God, let the glory cloud fill this house. Come on, somebody's already tapping in, getting God's attention. Go ahead, go ahead. Hey, I feel something rising in this house right now. Come on, I feel something happening right now in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! God, let your will be done. Come on, let's take another moment. There's something breaking right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I've got a lot of work to do in very little time. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 3. Say thank you again for the invitation to be a part of this great meeting. I give honor to the pastor and bishop of this local church, the Bradfords, the Foss. I love you, my friends. I respect you. Thank you for your friendship and influence in my life. I have many friends in the building tonight. Uh, today, I love you very much. Thank you for being here for the Caden Brock, the best cadet in the world. Amen. Good young men. Thank God for the word of God that we heard last night for Brother Williams. What a tremendous word and tremendous move of God. Thank you, Brother Williams, for bearing your heart. I brought my testimony this morning. Anybody got a testimony this morning? Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3. Verse number four. <clears throat> then the herald cried aloud to you, it is commanded, people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. Whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet the flute the harp the sackbut the psaltery and all kinds of music all the people the nations and the languages everybody fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Verse 12, Therefore there are certain Jews, they were coming to the king, some messengers, that thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. 
And Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now I'm going to make a deal with you. Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe you didn't, you didn't hear the latest CNN broadcast. Maybe you didn't hear the latest Supreme Court decision. So we're going to give you one more opportunity here. If you're ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast that same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But even if he don't, I just want to serve notice to thee, king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I'm not here today to preach a Sunday morning evangelistic service at your local church. I'm not here to teach a midweek Bible study. I am at an apostolic youth conference today to preach to this generation of apostolic young people. That is my focus this morning. And I know preachers get up sometimes and we say things because we're making a point and we'll say this disclaimer, I'm not trying to just hype you up. Well, I've come to hype you up today. My motive in this service is to incite a holy riot in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in the building right now. Ronald Reagan said in 1964 when he was campaigning for presidential candidate Barry Goldwater, talking about what was at stake in that election, he said, if we don't act now, we will be known as the generation that had the most to lose but did the least to preserve it. That's where we're at right now as an apostolic church. And I want to preach this morning, I will not bow. Lift your voice and hands and I want you to pray with everything within you that the Holy Ghost would baptize. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, let's, let's lift the decimal meter a little higher right now. God, let conviction work. God, I pray your anointing would fill this entire house. God, I pray there'd be an army rise up in this building today. God, let the Holy Ghost baptize everybody in the building. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph and clap your hands. Hey, I just felt something shift right there. 
Come on, lift that a little higher. I felt faith rise in this house. Somebody ought to leap for joy and let the devil hear you shout, I will not bow. Hallelujah. You may be seated. My assignment today is to preach a Holy Ghost boldness into this group of apostolic young people. I'm here to get some young people to rise up in the midst of a confused, chaotic world and be blazing torches of righteousness. In the midst of one of the most unspiritual times in history, in the midst of an unspiritual generation, sadly, even among places in Pentecost, we got to have some young people to rise up that are going to be spiritual young people that are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, that are pursuing an anointing from God and are unafraid to be a part of God's called out, separated, holy, unique, and powerful church. I believe this group of young people is positioned to have the greatest revival that the apostolic church has ever seen. God saves the best for last. We are the end time generation. There's never been young people better equipped to have revival than the young people that are looking back at this evangelist right now. You've got more talent. You've got more personality. You've even got more money than any generation before us. If anybody ought to have revival, it ought to be right here, right now, in your church. Any teenagers believe what the preacher's saying this morning? Revival is now. But if we're going to have revival, you're going to have to have a strong backbone to stand for God in the midst of a world of pressure. Hallelujah. In the midst of a generation that's giving up, giving in, of people that are backsliding and falling prey to the pressures of the world that we're living in, we need some young people that stand tall and say, I will not bow down and worship the gods of this world. I'm just getting warmed up. I've got a lot of ways to go today. You can find similarities between what I just read to you and the things that are going on in our world right now. We find a group of one God, holiness people, being immersed into a Babylonian culture and having to live in a society that did not believe in their God, that did not believe in their holiness, that did not believe in their doctrine, that did not hold their values, and did not share their belief. And Nebuchadnezzar was smart at what he was doing. He understand that those one God people are people of strong convictions. And he understood you're not, you're not just going to get them worshiping our idols overnight. You're not just going to take them out of the church one day and get them bowing down the next day. It's not going to be that easy because these people have strong stands and a strong belief system. So it's going to have to be wearing them down day after day, little by little, with 
time. We got time on our side. So we're just going to pressure them little by little because people don't fall overnight. But it's always small footsteps of here a little, there a little that leads to big disasters. And so Babylon begins his campaign on brainwashing and indoctrination. And in Daniel chapter 1, he begins parading food in front of these people that for thousands of years, hundreds of years, they had never touched or ate. He begins parading all kinds of stuff in front of them every single day. He said, we want to change their language. We want to change how they dress. We want to change how they live. And we know they're not going to do it the first day. So every day we're going to parade in front of them things that they've always been against. Because over time, constant exposure to something will wear down their resistance to it. It will desensitize them because they get so used to seeing it uh, over and over again uh, that they start thinking maybe it's not that bad uh, and maybe it's not that dangerous uh, and maybe it's not that evil because constant exposure you start wearing down the walls of resistance God help me to preach. I'm telling you, they want to grab this generation of apostolics and tear down your resistance to sin. Adolf Hitler was quoted. He said, he who gains the youth wins the future. This was how he brought his oppressive evil regime to power by normalizing it and making it cool to young people. It's the same thing our world's doing right now with the Hollywood movie industry and their rap artists and their celebrities. Every day they get up and tell you, you can sleep with who you want to sleep with and you're listening to their music and you're watching their movies, not here hopefully, and they're parading it every day. Nothing wrong with this. And every day we we hear it every day we see it it's everywhere we look and they're wearing it down it's indoctrination and it's working it used to be a shame to have a baby out of wedlock and now it's so normal nobody blinks an eye and we've moved from that to you can be any gender you want if you think it's tight now, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's about to get real tight. I'm going to kill some spirits of hell that are locking up revival in young people. I've come to fight. I've come to get people off their knees and on their feet with their hands in the air saying, I'm not going to bow. Come on. Come on. What God calls depraved, our culture now calls diversity. What God calls blessed, our culture calls bigoted. It's indoctrination. At a so-called Human Rights Council meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina, the speaker that night said when speaking if America would ever accept gay marriage and homosexuality and transgenderism, the speaker said this word, and I quote this statement, we're changing this nation from the inside out. And we plan on getting the key to this city too. And for those right-wing bigots that think they can stop us, we are already in their living rooms every night on primetime TV, and they are laughing at our humor. Don't you let this modern apostolic world tell you that our pastors were stupid for standing against Hollywood. They knew what they were doing. 
God, I feel like a Holy Ghost explosion is going to take place. They've been wearing us down. They've been wearing us down. Just accept it. You've been watching it every day. They've been bringing it into living rooms. And now our society says whatever Babylon wants. When will Pentecost ever realize that Holy Ghost and Hollywood do not mix? Boy, I'm glad to see so many young people on your feet right now. I don't care who says what. It's indoctrination. Keep it off of your iPhone. Keep it off of your iPad. Keep it off of your Galaxy tablet. Uh, indoctrination. Uh, they're trying to wear it down. Uh, every time that an elder got in the pulpit and preached against Hollywood, they were not behind the times. They knew what was coming. Oh, well, I'm just going to watch Star Wars. That's safe. Just read an article this week. They're introducing in, in Marvel comics, the superhero genres, uh, they're introducing a transgender character in the next Marvel movie. It's becoming increasingly validated, Brother Harris, that the preaching against all forms of movies in Hollywood is right. They're embracing pedophilia transgenderism, homosexuality, adultery. Uh, they're, they're, they're using this as their pulpit. Did you know they're preaching? Uh, their celebrities are preaching. Their rap stars are preaching. Uh, their pop stars are preaching. And you know what they're trying to do? Make sin normal. Make darkness look like light. Uh, and they're trying to dumb down our resistance to it. They're trying to get us right-wing apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled people of conviction to feel like it ain't really that bad. Come on. They're trying to get people to be more offended at this preacher who's preaching against sin than they are offended at the sin. Hey, I feel something breaking. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now. Come on. And they start using peer pressure. And they start using fear. And intimidation. Scared to say anything scared to make a deal of it because if you don't bow honey we're gonna shut you down we're gonna target your finances we're gonna take your money we're gonna wreck your life I rebuke this hell-sent curse on the millennial generation of laziness of being is easily offended of being timid that liberal anti anything holy attitude we cannot allow the pressures of Babylon to pressure us into silence and immobility. We are not part of this culture. The apostolic church is never supposed to blend in with current culture. We are counterculture. We change the world's culture. We don't, we're not a part of their culture. We change their culture. They say bow to political correctness, bow to feminism, bow to homosexuality, bow to racism, bow to being a snowflake, always offended. But I'm not going to bow, honey. I'm not a part of this culture. My kingdom is not of this world. Come on. God deliver this group of apostolics from this timid attitude where they're always afraid to be biblical. Lift your hands and worship God.
Come on. We're going to kill some giants today. I am not going to be a part of an apostolic church that is less than what we were 20 years ago. Pressure. Intimidation. Pressure. Our broken culture is trying to shape the conversation and the viewpoints to normalize sin and to make anyone who doesn't go along with it be considered hateful. And that increasing pressure is unfortunately affecting this group of apostolics today to where apostolic people are backpedaling on long-held stands of biblical truths. And even some apostolics questioning if they can be homosexual and still be saved. I'm, I'm here, trigger warning, let me splash some cold water. For all of you that get triggered easy, you might need to find a safe space because there's no such thing as a homosexual Christian. I felt that little doubt. Well, you should say, we love the person, but we hate the sin. If I had said there's no such thing as a, a Christian who lives in adultery, nobody would have blinked an eye. You wouldn't have expected a disclaimer. But our political correct society says you can't say it like that. We feel like we can't preach anything without, oh, I love the person. Yes, we love everybody, but we can deal with sin, honey. We've got apostolics backing up. We've got apostolics getting on Facebook and telling other apostolics, quit being so hard against pro-abortionists. We got apostolics acting like Kanye West is saved all of a sudden and rebuking other apostolics because they don't listen to him. What in the world is going on? Why are we so infatuated with Babylon celebrities and gods? I don't want his autograph, but I'd love to have Pastor Bradford sign my Bible. Come on. Our society has pressured us. And it's no coincidence that as Pentecost continually relaxes its stands against Hollywood and music and clothing and all this stuff that we're raising up a generation that is so offended by preaching in the church that was normal when your grandparents were in church. I'm not advocating being mean. I'm advocating being biblical. We're going to fight this toxic, politically correct culture that is trying to intimidate apostolics for being biblical. We're not politically correct. I'm biblically correct. And I'm real comfortable. We don't ask the world if our holiness standards are okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if it's okay to watch movies. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if makeup is okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if ladies can cut their hair. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if jewelry is okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if men can wear skirts and women can wear pants. We ask the Bible. Babylon's culture is not apostolic culture. Even the world, Brother Harris, knows that clothing is gender specific. Why do you think they're trying now to get men to wear dresses? Because they understand there's an identity with what you wear. 
It's gender specific. God, help our apostolic men to quit buying into this metrosexual soft. I felt it go off the rails right there. What's amazing to me is there's young people that aren't offended, but there's some adults that are. Uh, my God, let's raise up a generation right now that says, I am not going to be pattering my life off of what Babylon says is righteous. Come on, are you hearing the preacher today? We don't ask the world. We don't even ask other churches if it's okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the Supreme Court about gay marriage. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world how many genders there are. We ask the Bible. We don't ask political parties if homosexuality is okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask the world if transgenderism is okay. We ask the Bible. We don't ask them what words we're allowed to use. We don't ask them how we're allowed to say it. We don't even ask other preachers and churches what can and I say, we ask the Bible, what words do we use? Hey, come on. As you can tell, I'm not preaching for another meeting invitation, but I'm reaching back to an old message and trying to bring it to a new generation. Stand. 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 I want power. I want anointing. I want the glory. Lift your hands and pray. The world ain't going to tell me if I'm allowed to say gay or homosexual or adulterer or fornicator. They're not in charge of the terminology. The Bible's in charge of the terminology. Sin is sin. Whether it's lying or sleeping around, the Bible tells me what to say. Babylon wants this generation of apostolics to be a weak, timid shell of what we used to be. And it's selling this generation... A bill of goods that being what we've always been is no longer needed. They want to change their doctrine. They want you to change your viewpoint. They want to change the conversation. We've got younger men coming to pulpits, falling prey to political correctness, and trying to tone it down and tone down the words we use to make the stands plain. So here's a 30-year-old young man that's standing against the pressure, and I feel it in this building right now, but I've never felt more boldness in my life. Here's a young man that says, I refuse to bow to current popular culture. Society has changed. America has changed. But the Word of God never changes. And the Bible never changes. And I hope to God that this generation does not conform and change. I believe there's some young people that says, I'm going to walk with boldness. I'm going to walk with authority. I'm going to carry my testimony. I'm not going to let the dream killer stop me. I'm a child of God in Babylon. I'm a... Come on. Go ahead. Let's worship for a moment. It's okay to be holy. It's okay to look godly. It's okay to say no. That is still sin, and we don't accept it. But the pressure is on. <laughs> 
college campus, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth at school. Don't be bigoted. And the music's playing. And everybody's. One God, Jews by the hundreds of thousands. Pressure, intimidation, pressure, intimidation, pressure, intimidation. And everybody's bowing, except for three guys. It says, you know, I believed this when Babylon brought me here. And I'm going to believe it if it kills me. And they're watching their friends bow. They're watching the apostolic church across town all of a sudden start looking different. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Start looking different. Bowing. And we're dead, locked up, tight, dry church services. Feel like you're at a Hillsong concert. No power of God, no chains breaking, no talking in tongues, uh, no real deliverance. Uh, pressure, 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 pressure. But there were three Hebrew boys, and the king had tried so hard to change these three guys. He even changed their names from Hebrew names uh, to names that tagged them in with Babylonian idolatry. Uh, he said, Hananiah, that means God is favored. Uh, we're going to make you Shadrach, uh, which is a royal or a great scribe in Babylon. Uh, Mizael, your name means who is what God is. Uh, we don't want you thinking about your God. Uh, we're going to name you the guest of a Babylonian king, Meshach. Uh, Azariah, that meant Jehovah has helped. Uh, we want to call you Abednego, which is a servant of Nebo, a Babylonian God. But there were three boys that said, you may change my name and you may change my location, but you can't change my convictions. My God, give us a revival of apostolic personal convictions. Young people that say, I don't believe this because daddy believes it. I believe this because the Bible believes it. Come on, come on. I know your pastor preaches, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and that there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. But is it your conviction? Is it your belief that there is no other God but Jesus, and in him dwells all the fullness? your pastor says Acts 2.38 is not a way, it's the only way. But do you believe that? Is this your conviction of Bendigo? Because there's some people that don't believe that anymore. Oh, they're so sincere. They believe in the name of Jesus. Uh, uh-huh. Y'all been with me so far. I'm going to tell you what. I don't care how sincere they are. Jesus said, not everybody, 
that says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to get in. Only those that do the will. What's the will? Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and just shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is it your conviction? Do you believe it's the only way the world's gonna be saved? For God has not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Trigger warning. I know your pastor believes holiness. Do you believe it's essential? Because if you don't, you're not on your way to heaven. Perfecting holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which nobody is going to see the Lord. The, one, the world has falsely told us. Babylon has told our beautiful young ladies, you're not pretty unless you buy some makeup and paint yourself like the culture you live in. As if God didn't get it right the first time. I lost somebody somewhere. I'm not sure where. But, but you might as well stay off because I'm not done yet. I don't care what Babylon says. You don't need a can of paint to beautify yourself. You need the Holy Ghost. Are we still apostolic? I know your pastor preaches it, but do you believe it? Do you believe that? In like manner, women adorn themselves in modest apparel. With shamefacedness, not makeup facedness. And sobriety, not with broided hair, gold, pearls, or costly array. I know your pastor preaches apostolics don't wear jewelry of any kind for any purpose. Class ring, purity ring, wedding ring. Wow, right there, there it went. Boop, jewelry. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hey, youth pastors, do you believe this? Live it! Live it! Don't bow! Come on. Come on. I know your pastor teaches women aren't to wear pants and men aren't to wear skirts. Do you still believe that? Is it your conviction, Azariah? Is it your conviction, Shadrach? Can you stand when the church across town says, I'm not going to make a deal of this anymore? Is there some Hebrew boys and girls that are going to say, no, I ain't falling to that pressure. I'm going to look it, live it, and behave it, and act like it. I'm still an original apostolic. I go all the way back to A.D. 30.
day and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all in one accord and in one place and suddenly there came a sound about like what it sounds right now and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in other tongues go can you stand in the pressure can you stand when your friends bow all their friends it worked every one God believing Jew hit their knees every one of them except for three four I don't know where Daniel was but I can tell you he wasn't bowing come on guys don't just hold on to those old beliefs that's not how things are done here in Babylon we all agree there's one God this don't mean nothing we just don't want to cause a ruckus would you quit standing and sticking to your old antiquated ways? Come on, man. You're causing disunity. Let's just unite around common beliefs. Let's just unite. We all believe in the name of Jesus. What's the problem? We believe in the Holy Ghost. What? problem let's just unite around the name and forget about all the holiness difference and we got a shallow shell of apostolics that don't look nothing like the bible but still claim to be apostolic let's just unite we all know jesus is god you're gonna make a deal out of my hair color and out of the jewelry and the makeup let's just unite around one little common doctrine um, let me help you out here. Trigger warning. We don't unite with everything just because it claims apostolic. And it's okay to say, I don't identify with that. I don't care how big the convention is. When I look on the platform and I see cut hair and I see makeup and I see pants and I see jewelry, that's not my brothers and sisters. And I'm saying that because I am sick of this generation being told that you just got to accept every bit of compromise. The devil is a liar. We are not a part of that. We do not live that way. I see an army. I still hold to an old time truth. I'm still gonna be what we've always been. You may bow and I may stand alone, but I'll stand, I'll stand. I'm tired of people telling you that there's nothing wrong with those other people that don't believe holiness. You're raising a generation that says, well, then why do we preach holiness? And you would be right. There's no point in preaching anything I preach if we don't believe it's essential, if everybody that's not doing it still gets in. Just throw this message in the trash. Well, everybody else is bowing, and you're saying you're the only three that's right. Yes. Yes, that's right. 
You know why? This. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Well, let's just unite. Well, what about the jewelry? What about the makeup? What about the Hollywood? Does any of this matter? I'm not uniting with people that don't believe the wholeness of this. It is okay not to cave under the pressure. Stand, 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 stand. I will not bow. And I'm looking at a church that says, I will not bow. Great compromise, Brother Hodge, has often come under the disguise of words like unity and bridge building. Unity and bridge building has been the words that they've shuffled in compromise in for years. We got a little differences here. They don't dress fully like we dress. But we're going to have them come because they believe the oneness. And we're just trying to build a bridge. And what happens is that church that used to look right starts looking like the other church. Because you don't pour clean water in a glass of dirt and make the dirt clean. Brother Cox, you're not preaching this to the right crowd. I am preaching this to the right crowd. There are young people growing up feeling stupid and awkward because they're still living biblical. Because there's people all over the place that says it doesn't matter anymore. But I see a generation positioned to have the greatest revival. All we need is a little apostolic boldness that says I can stand when my best friend bows. I can stand... Come on, every voice lifted. Pray. Pray. Do not feel intimidated for having old-time Bible convictions. I will not compromise my convictions to try and advance my name. I had these convictions when I got here, and I'm going to have them when I'm out of here. Get it in your heart. Get it in your heart. Get it in your heart. Come on, I feel something breaking. I feel something breaking. First of all, I give honor to these youth leaders that are leading by example what it means to be old-time apostolic. There's going to be pressure, Brother Cowan. You've already felt it. I could tell that by what you were preaching. There's going to be pressure. To bow. But you got to lead a group in the midst of bowing. It says, I may be minority, but the minority went through a fire and didn't even smell like smoke. I don't take the timid way out. When you got God on your side, let the whole world of so-called apostolics say you're just stuck in the mud. You don't believe in unity. You're causing division. Let you nine around the name. Get out of my face, devil. I got truth. I'm going to look holy. I'm going to live holy. Quit telling this generation of young people that none of this stuff matters. I'm telling you, Paul said, if any man or an angel preach any other gospel than that which I have preached, I don't care if it's an angel. He's a curse. He's a curse. Live it. Is it your conviction? 
because we're never going to stand out there if we can't even stand in here. How do you expect to survive at college when you can't even survive in the house of God? I've come to incite a riot. I want apostolics walking out of here with their shoulders back. I'm somebody in God's eyes. I walk in this city with Jesus on the inside. I'm the one changing this culture. I'm the one telling people what's right and wrong. I'm the one looking at backsliders and saying it's still wrong. This is still right. You can talk in tongues all day, but if you're not living holiness, it ain't of God. time unity in Babylon everybody was unified oh the problem was this was how they were unified we're all in unity we're compromising everything we believe but we're in unity we're all in unity what are you guys doing? The, the unity. Quit messing this up. You think you're more spiritual than me. You mean to tell me that all of us that are bowing are wrong? Who do you think you are? Get down here and join the rest of us. You seriously believe what I'm preaching? Come on. There's people in 2020 that still believe this stuff? No way. There's no way young people are going to live this way. Get out of here. Hey, devil, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're going to walk through fire. We're going to walk through fire. We're going to. Somebody get loose in the Holy Ghost. Go! If you believe it, shout like you believe it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it. I'm... Go, go, go. Look at this. Hey, compromiser, look at this. Hey, backslider, look at this. I'm feeling good about the church. I see an army. It ain't just going to be three standing. It's going to be an army standing. Holy Ghost Radio Land, I hope you're hearing me preach right now. Not everything that says apostolic is apostolic. Apostolics, you find them standing when others are bowing. While everybody else was bowing. Except for you three. There were three men that felt all alone until the flames were on. And somebody said, I feel a lot more comfortable with these guys. 
Hey, boys, this is the only fire you'll ever experience. And by the way, you're not even going to feel it because people that stand walk through things that kill other people. When the church is called out of here, it ain't going to call the bowers. It's going to call the standers. That's one God. Holiness looking. Holiness living. Soul winning. Tongue talking. Dancing. Shouting. Righteous. Apostolic people that stand in Babylon. Stand. Stand. I will not bow. Stand. 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 Stand! Mom and Daddy, raise your kids with what you've heard preached and let them know Babylon's culture is not our culture. peer pressure in the apostolic church we got young people afraid to be the first one to worship because of what the people they go to church with every service is going to think about them you stand out there if you can't worship alone in the house of God I don't want to be the first one to go in the front I love desert hot springs man they don't care if there's a group of a thousand they're going to get up front yeah yeah your youth group prayer meetings ought to be the most powerful things in your church. It ought to sound like a Holy Ghost explosion in that house. I curse this timid, self-doubting spirit that keeps your lip closed when it's prayer meeting time. My God, lift your voice and pray with a passion, with an old-time fire. I will not be intimidated for righteous living. Quit being afraid to be the first one to run an aisle and the first one to leap for joy and the first one to pray out loud. Quit being afraid to be the first one to stand on your feet when your pastor's preaching. My God, every Sunday morning ought to be like a Holy Ghost bomb went off because the whole youth group is screaming, preach, preach, preach. Come on, come on. Let some apostolic young people get a Holy Ghost boldness. Brother Williams, come up here. Come on, Brother Williams. If, Clark, come here. If you are a preacher under 30, I want you on this platform fast. Move. I don't know everybody's names. If you are a preacher 30, 35 and under, get up here, please. Run. Run. I mean, I, Brother Hodge, come on. I mean, I know everybody's name, but if you're an apostolic preacher, get up here. Come on, Brother Reese, come on. Come on. If you're under 35, I want you up here. I realize I just cut off every invitation, but I didn't come to preach for that. I got one chance probably to get to you young people. And I just want you to hear from a 30-year-old young man, nothing's changed. I am so tired of walking into dead, dried-up church services because the church is so full of carnality, because nobody will say nothing. 
because we've got such a timid, sissified, easily offended attitude creeping into our pews. And so what happens is, Brother Williams, there's no power of God. It is a shell. It is a shadow. better believe what I just preached to you is not just me trying to strut my stuff and show how tough I am. I can't even tell you the mental battle I had and the anguish and the fear to try and even preach this and the stress and the stomach aches because I knew what I was going to be dealing with. I, I didn't want to try and prove anything, but I'm telling you, I've got to preach it because when you lose this, you lose this. Hear me, young preachers, make a pact with me that you will preach truth without bowing to this group of young people. I beg you, preach, stand. I know there's pressure on young preachers to perform. I know there's pressures on young preachers to preach something new and impressive, but I beg you, just preach the old time Bible way. Let the Holy Ghost work. Stand, stand. Young people, stand! I want everybody to begin to pray right now. Go, go, I'm done, go. Stand up and pray to you, pray through. God, I pray a Holy Ghost boldness would baptize this church. I pray a Holy Ghost boldness would saturate every young person, every young adult, every middle-aged couple. Stand, I will not bow. Go, go till you feel the timidness lift. Go till you feel that quiet spirit break. Go till you feel the shyness lift. Let boldness get a hold of you. Pray till you talk in tongues. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I need everybody, mom and dad, pray. I need elders, help the preacher. You can pray like nobody can pray. I need an intercessor. I need a traveler. Weep for this generation. Pray for these young people. Help me, mom and dad. Help me, elders. Help me.